and welcome to another edition of Veterans to Success. And today I've got with me Brendan Blair. Hello, Brendan. How are you doing? Hello, Joe. Thank you for having me today. I'm I'm doing great, thank you. How are you doing? That's good. Yeah, I'm fantastic too. Thank you. Uh, and it's I'm so pleased you're joining me. And you know, same drill. Uh, same drill is we just go straight into it. And we do a general reveal as we go along, because I know your story and it's absolutely fabulous. Uh, and the thing is, nobody else does yet. Or yeah, very few people. So we're gonna we're gonna jump straight in at the start. And Brendan, right, I know what type of person you are, what drive you've got, an ambition, uh, and you're probably uh a bit of a loose cannon like me at times. So, so there's nothing wrong with uh, being a loose cannon, eh? Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. So tell me, tell me what happened in your life. What was going on before you joined the military, please? So I'm, as you can hear, I'm obviously uh, South African. I joined up, I was the age of 19 before I joined up. I lived in South Africa for 19 years. My parents are Scottish. So I always say, what a combination between uh, Scottish and South African. I always support the Scottish though when they're playing. That's the only problem. Good, good lad. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Not when, well, my accent doesn't give away the fact that I was born in Glasgow. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Kindred spirits, definitely. Oh, wow. Your, your accent's definitely dull then. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it's gone. So, so that's an interesting com combination. Uh, South Africa, Scottish parents. How did that happen then? So my parents obviously moved, immigrated to South Africa. They were meant to tour around the world and they basically got stuck. They just couldn't move, <laughs> bought a house and had kids. Um, and obviously that was uh, my starting journey. I used to work in a restaurant called Spur in South Africa. It was a steak ranch. Right. I, I traveled all over South Africa, saving money to come over here. Uh, my parents had heard that I wanted to join the army and they weren't very keen on the fact that I was going to join the army. So they said to me that they wouldn't pay for my plane ticket if I was joining the army. So obviously I, I saved quite a lot of my own money, but I said to my parents that I weren't going to join the army. Um, the day I arrived, I went straight into the recruitment office. Oh, you porky pie teller. That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> so you went, straight, you went straight to the career center and said, I want in. Um, yeah, so I initially I wanted to join the Air Corps as an Air Corps pilot, um, but the waiting list was quite long in that. And the guy that I was obviously trying to get in the army with, he was a guardsman, and obviously they try and promote their own regiment, and they were like, ah, oh, try and get in the guards. So I did a look at life course at the guards, but the whole time in the back of my head, I said to him, I said, if I'm joining the infantry, I want to join the best of the best. I want to join the parachute regiment. I went on a look at a guard's life course and I, I I just looked at their boots and I said, how many hours did they spend polishing their boots? And I just said, uh, this isn't for me. Um, but the whole time, obviously, before training, I, I didn't actually know that I could run the mile and a half and nine and a half minutes. I hadn't trained for it. Oh, that's the first time, that. Yeah, so I saw another guy. He was built like, a, we call them a shipwreck house. And <laughs> And uh, I said, what are you joining? He says, I'm joining the parachute regiment. And I said, uh, have you done your mile and a half in that time, nine and a half minutes? He says, yeah, a couple of times. I says, well, wow, I'm keeping up with this man. 
And in the end, I, I actually ended up beating him on the last stretch. Oh, so the goal that was down and then you beat him, how how gutted was he? <laughs> so straight away I went and changed my mind and said, I'm I'm totally going for the parachute regiment now that I had the time to to obviously on the mile and a half to to do that. Right. And and we know that getting into the parachute regiment is tough. It's it's tough getting in any regiment, to be honest. The the thing is that the, the attrition is quite high. Uh, so how many recruits were there with the... Uh... Our, um, our intakes basically had to merge into two intakes. So we started off with the two intakes with 122 people. Right. And at the end, we ended up with 29 individuals that were ready to go and passed. Obviously, the injury rate is quite high when, when obviously, the parachute regiment, the training is quite hardiest and... People, obviously, they don't have the right mindset to stick it out as well. They have a few dark days and uh, <laughs> they just they just pack it in, really. So what, what sort of dark days do they have? What's a typical... What's the difference between someone who, who knuckles down and stays in and someone who just jibs it, who says, oh, no, I can't do this? So for me, obviously, I had uh, something to prove for my parents and something to prove for myself. So that was my go i just wasn't going to quit yeah i think sometimes people it's very easy to quit rather than carry on yeah. but i've spoken to a lot of them since and a lot of them have a, a regret of not carrying on so living with that regret is something i think is worse than actually not going for it yeah the price the price of regret lives with you forever whereas the price of just pushing through something can pay dividends over the long term, can't it? And of course, the army's made me the person I am today. Uh, yes, I'm very grateful. So, I mean, in training itself, I remember rocking up. I was a I was a new bod, and you just don't, you're not unsure of yourself. You're rocking up at the train station with this ironing board in your hand, and they go, "Oh, you, you get over here!" And you're like, "Ah." It's a shock, shock of capture, capture, really. And I remember on the first day, until this day, I don't actually know uh, if it was set up or... But I just don't see someone doing what they said that, that, that happened. So apparently yeah. he pulled the middle finger up at the corporal and he, oh, you, get up here! And literally threw him around that office. We just heard everything going. So I'm not too sure if it was... I'm sure it was just uh, an act. All uh, right. So, so, so they... They got this bloke in for giving them the bird. They shut the door behind, and all you heard was this ruckus and banging desks and chairs, and you didn't yeah, know what was going on. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I think it was put on just to just to enhance that shock of capture. Now, of course, your your surname is shared with uh, someone who was prime minister of this country around the time you got in. What? What sort of flat did that get you? Yeah, so um, uh, my surname's obviously Blair. So the first thing the corporal said is, right, Blair. They called me to the office. We came running along <laughs> and said, you'll be now known as Tony Blair. And mm -hmm. it's a nickname that stuck with me even till this day. I've, I've, I call myself Tony. Sometimes it gets a bit confusing because some people in the army didn't know I had a first name or Brendan. Uh, <laughs> So Tony Blair proper stuck, and it still sticks to this day. So yeah, because actually uh, someone referred to you as Tony, and I went, 
Oh, and then the penny dropped. Because I, I know I know that anyone with a, a surname of White is chalky. And, and like, I was called Scouse, even though Scousers, I sound nothing like a Scouser, but someone who's in the southeast thinks I'm a Scouser. So, yeah, I know how things and surnames stick. So you get through, you get a bit of flack for your surname, you're in the parachute regiment, you go through phase one and two, which is pretty grueling, and then you end up at you end up at P Company, don't you? Yeah, so it's an event, P Company. It's a, a week long. You do numerous events. Um, I remember the log and the stretcher very well. I'm very fortunate. I stayed on, and again, it's that resilience mindset um, and just dedicating 100. percent And I know for a fact when you get on that log, the minute you get on it, you want to come off. Yeah. And, <laughs> You've got a mile and a half of this, and I remember it being agony from the word go. Um, and we end up with probably, I think it was three of us left on it at the end from seven or eight, and they all just come off it. Yeah. Obviously, the more that comes off, the harder it becomes. Yeah. And we actually won our, stre- our, our log and stretcher. Our oh, good. So that was something else, but just staying on both of them, and again with a stretcher. Um, this uh, we I still take part in a, in a stretcher race, which is JJ's memorial stretcher. It was one of the the boys that died in Afghan, and he oh, right. okay. He put in his will uh, that every year to commemorate as a joke, uh, the boys will run a stretcher race. Right. <laughs> okay. So we actually use the proper ones for that. And honestly, it's because everyone's cheering. Oh, no, no. It just boosts that adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. And it's quicker than I even remember. I don't know if my fitness has gone down now. <laughs> well, well, maybe maybe age is taking its toll. And, and I remember doing many a stretcher race on the stretcher and then also taking it as a PT session or a carder or a beasting for someone. So, yeah, and and it is grueling. Yeah, definitely. But it's it's great that you get together with your uh, former buddies, your comrades, to pay respect to uh, one of your lads. Yeah, yeah definitely. Life. And it's it's a great time just to just to go back onto it all and just to see and reflect. And and the battalion always supports the event, which is great. So you always meet the new generation yeah. as well. Oh, and every year it seems to get quicker and quicker. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> and, and, and it's um, by fault. You also have a few beers in you. So. Oh well, of course you do. You've got to do that, haven't you? And and, and I think I don't know if it's the beers, but it, it's just uh, really tough. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose the beers wouldn't help really. Uh, it's no, not exactly not. A, a, a positive stimulant, is it? For no. running anyway on a stretcher race. So. You did, you did a couple of tours of Afghan, and we're not going into anything that's operationally sensitive uh, and only disclose what you feel comfortable with. How did those tours go, and what what effect did it have on you and your buddies? So, um, and the unit, in fact. Yeah, I was obviously sent to One Power, which is Special Forces Support Group. Uh, I was fortunate to have done a few tours with One Para uh, or Special Forces Support Group. Um, obviously, the, you, you do see things out there. Uh, one of my good friends, Jacko Van Gass, uh, I was in basic training with him. He'd he'd lost his arm with an RPG attack, and 
I'm very, very pleased for Jacob Van Gas because he's become a role model for British athletes, either Olympian for British cycling team. Right. Which, uh, which yeah, he's, he's a great ambassador for that. So again, it just shows you when the darkest days hit us and you think life is over, it's what you make of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'd obviously, from one para, I then became two para. Uh, I've done an operational tour with two para. Um, so yeah, it's 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 great to have done tours and to be associated with the parachute regiment as that. But it, it obviously takes its toll on the individuals, especially when things happen out there. And obviously, dealing with that in your own way, it's it's it is quite tough. Um, but as a brotherhood, you always get through it, and I'm always appreciative of the brotherhood. Yeah, uh, I, I thank you for that, and and, and my. Thoughts, prayers, and respect go out to to those that gave their lives and those that served and saw many uh, sad things uh, that were obviously took the toll. Now, when you got back from Afghan on the second time, where were you? Where were you at with your personal life? What was going on? So I, I obviously got back. Um, I then decided to leave the military on my own terms. Uh, I wanted to spend more time with my family. I've got two wonderful kids. Um, and obviously, when when I left the military, uh, I decided, because I think of all the confusions and not sure what I wanted to do at the point, uh, I obviously kind of divorced my obviously my my wife we went through a divorce a separation um so obviously that that took its toll on me leaving the military um but it was a journey that i'm very appreciative that i've been on because again yeah. i wouldn't be where i am today without that failure and without the um obviously what happened with with a divorce sometimes in that moment again you just feel the darkest of hours and it, it's not the best of feelings but it's what we make of that that makes us. Yeah, and and we we chatted about this at some length actually, and and I shared with you what my mum used to say to me: if it doesn't kill you, it'll do you good. And, and at the time, it can get really low, can't it? I mean, you feel on your own. Yeah. So um, obviously, we we are born in the dark and we grow in the dark. Yeah. So um, for me, it's it's one of those things that that come to you. So. I always take this this dark times, and a lot of people see it as as the end state, but I see the dark times as a, a as a place to grow, uh, and it's honestly, it's just so much that comes from that. And what was the what was the relationship with alcohol that you had that that sort of took over your life, if you don't mind? Me asking? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, in that in that darkest days, uh, it's very easy to start drinking a couple of bottles of wine and just to dull the pain. Um, yeah. Start going out more with the boys. Um, but I obviously started doing a, a course. Obviously, that's a normal thing being in the military and the banter, and uh, you just revert to being out on on the piss and basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Luckily for me, I, I took part in a, in a program. It was the alcohol experiment. It's a free 30-day trial, and it's with uh, Annie Grace, The Naked Mind. Right. So I obviously did that, and I come to terms with alcohol and the meanings of alcohol. 
Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I have, I was in that dark place. So I started to drink more. And again, I was very appreciative of my journey. And for for that, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful. Well, thank you for sharing that. So you didn't just ditch the marriage and give up on it, did you? Because you, 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 you were telling me, you told me an interesting tale about the marriage guidance and how you felt that went and you, what you discovered. Could you just share some of the detail about that? Yeah, so um, I have figured out, I've, I had obviously been to marriage counselling previously and uh, for me, I'm not a fan of when couples go for marriage counselling. It's very, um, it's very traumatic. I'd say you're in a safe place, everyone. It's okay to speak, yeah. and they fully take the other person's side. So what I did was I found a couple of guys, and I, I invested in myself for my own personal development. At this point, so I'd figured out this and I'd spent quite a lot of money on myself and I believe that the marriage could have been saved if I had maybe reacted sooner but I think ladies go through the breakup a lot a lot longer a lot way before it actually happens yeah yeah so you get different stages of uh marriage divorces I call it a marriage cancer and it, depending on what stage we're at is the stage that it it, it is basically savable. So one or two, you could save it, but I was too far gone uh, in that. And I, I'm very appreciative of my mentors and stuff at that point. But my mentor actually said to me, and this was the thing he says, I said to him, what are the chances of me rekindling once my ex-wife leaves? And he said, honestly, he said, without my help, you've got zero. And from that day, I'd literally left it. Um, I'd obviously been on my own journey with it, with 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 that as well. But I'm very grateful because that was my starting point for self development, and I believe yeah. that's the best investment that you can make in yourself is is just investing in yourself. Uh, you could take that same money that you go for university and you put it in yourself, and you'll just become a lot better person. And, and that's an interesting point you make because. Because uh, that's along the lines that when they say that a young girl is growing up, she's always someone who's a, an age, same age, a boy and a girl. The girl tends to be more mature. And it's interesting that you say that the woman, in your opinion, and, and, I, and I get this actually, starts the divorce procedure or the detachment a lot sooner than the bloke. Uh, as some may say, oh, well, that's because blokes don't get feelings as much. But whatever it is, that's an interesting observation. Uh, yeah, so obviously, for me, I, I know that's the case. Um, they say 70 or 80% of marriages are split up by uh, ladies. And usually when it hits the guy, it's like a bus hitting them straight in the face. Yeah. So it's definitely something that I've obviously been on and obviously leaving the military being homeless for a, a little bit and being through the divorce and obviously turning to alcohol it's not the best place obviously i was i was going to end my journey i obviously figured out um there's there's an arabic saying for the word alcohol and it's yeah. alcohol uh it's meaning body eating spirit yeah it means that you actually get further away from your soul when drinking excessively. 
So it's basically you're vibing on this lowest frequency possible when you're drinking alcohol. Uh, and and of course, uh, for me, in my opinion, society wants you to be vibing on that lowest frequency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm obviously not telling anyone not to drink alcohol, but it's just being aware of that. And it's obviously, uh, yeah, just being aware of what it actually does. And you, and rather, you control the alcohol rather than the alcohol control you. Again, and a lot of people revert to drugs as well, um, just for enhancers. Um, I'm fortunate I've never been down that road. Uh, yeah. But I'm, 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 I, it's again, it's just putting things in your body that shouldn't be there. Mm. Now, I'm interested, I'm always interested in financial freedom, and that's what I do when I'm helping clients. And I'm, I, I find the your approach, I, fi I find your approach, and that... That's an interesting time. That's my opportunity clock because I knew that we were going to we were speaking at this time, and it was my prompt to bring this in for you. And that is, it wasn't just your trip to financial freedom that you started after you got over the alcohol, got over the divorce, and stuff. You started much sooner, didn't you? In two thousand and eight, wasn't it? What happened then in two thousand and eight? It was it was when you first got into the property market and thinking about how you could build your regime, if you like, your empire. Yeah, so I, I obviously started uh, with property. I'd, I'd obviously got myself on the property market and the ladder. Um, I, I bought one property in in Wales. I've rented that out uh, again. Uh, I just I always had that sense of bettering myself, and I always said to the guys, I'd always pass that on. The knowledge is. It's better yourself. Don't just get out on the piss every weekend. Buy a house, invest in that, invest in the journey. Again, I'd figured out there's so many rules in buying houses. Obviously, my first one, I'd made a, a few of them simple mistakes, uh, but which I'm very appreciative for learning again. Um, and yeah, so I've obviously got two houses. I left the military with two houses, uh, one in Wales, one obviously one further uh, in colchester where we lived uh and i obviously i have in throughout the divorce i've obviously been through my ex and i were, were very very comfortable with with going through everything but i obviously then got into the point of trying to rent that house out um and and obviously that got me a little bit in the homeless place but i'm fortunate that i managed to obviously have that bond with my my ex-wife and to talk about things and pay her off and so that was obviously another journey that I've been on. Uh, I started obviously 2008. And again, I always was an advocate for people buying houses. So I, I always knew that. And again, that was something that I've obviously developed and I passed on to many blokes. Yeah, because it's about building multiple streams of income, which is what we're going to come on to uh, a bit later in more detail. Now, the fact is that when you got out, you've got your uh, ELC, is it, the, the, that you can use when you yeah, come so out? Yeah, so you've, you've got your, your ELC, which is £2,500. Um, for me, the, the CTP package, or it's, it's not, it wasn't the best, and, and people get lost. So they teach you how to write a CV, um, but I had, I had put my CV out probably 100 times, and I probably got one reply to that CV. 
Um, for me, I then obviously went on another journey and I was just truthful and real. And I put on a Facebook group. I said, is anyone looking for a bitch? I just want to learn. I'm an electrician. I, I did a, a building course. I did an aircon course. I did a dormant course because I was just unsure of what I was doing. I mean, I was quite fortunate when I was leaving the military. I was always um, working as well. So I developed another job. So I was leaving. I had a job to go into, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. So it was all well and good. I could pay the bills, but I wanted to make a difference. And I figured that out. Even when I was in the, the military, I figured that out. I went through a stage where um i don't know there was a there was a, one of the guys he had his daughter had stage four neuroblosa can, cancer and yeah. okay. it, it was he, he was trying to raise a hundred thousand pounds to go to the states to go and get the treatments which he since has done and it's been a great journey but i developed a sense for entrepreneurship when i was actually in the army and I went and bought, I started, I, I must have put £200 in or £300 on my own money. I went to the bookers, I bought a tuck shop and I started selling on this exercise because the colour men were slacking at this point. So I come in and the good old Tony Blair got away with it. But because I'd said to everyone that I'm going to donate all the profits to the, the Brea Fund, I donated, a, it was £2,500 I donated in the end. Well done. That's fantastic. And it was great because I obviously let the blokes know that this is from all of us. I, I didn't take the credit. And I I obviously did the starting point for it. And again, I, I then got into that and I was always selling something. But it, it got into that point where uh, I'd, I'd, I'd noticed even at that point, the higher ranks would say, oh, he's dodgy in, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, it was a bit of like... Maybe because I was always working or doing something and trying to better myself, getting properties, I could always sense that. Um, I, I, I had another story where two lads were helping me. Um, my my house in Wales, obviously, with property, you have good experiences and bad experiences sometimes. And one of my tenants had actually had a a, a weed plant going, uh, four hundred plants. Right. Again. It's how you deal with these situations. I mean, I walked into that that property at one point, and I, your heart just sinks absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I luckily I had two friends that were in a bad place, and they were helping me do the place up. And uh, one of them went and saw one of the higher ranks and said, "Oh, I'm working with Tony Blair, and we're helping each other." And he's like, "Oh, he's a dodgy man, him, isn't he?" Yeah. But I think it was always just trying to give back and trying to help others, which I've always been accustomed to. And it, well, thank you for sharing that. You see, that's interesting, isn't it? Because if you do something out of the ordinary, entrepreneurial flair, spirit, uh, it it can be often seen as you're dodgy. Well, I remember, similar to you, before I got out, I, I probably became, I, I entered the civilian pro process earlier than when I got out. Because you got to prepare, haven't you? And I was a DJ and a doorman, and I used to DJ in pubs. I got, uh, and and it was just to get me into into what's going to go on once you get out of the military, because you've got to do stuff. And I became a financial advisor, and I remember you talk about someone uh, growing weed in the property. Well, I I had a tenant because I well I split my house into two. I had an upstairs, and I lived in the downstairs because. 
the interest rates went up to 16%, right? And I was going to lose my house if I didn't do this. And I remember walking into the kitchen and this guy liked engineering so much that he took half of his car engine out and had it in the kitchen, right? Wow. So, yeah, so I was thinking, well, we're going to deal with this. That's another story. But I, I get I get what you're saying, that you've got to improvise, adapt, and overcome because you've got to stay afloat, haven't you? Exactly, yeah. I mean, sometimes this uh, in failures and things, especially that, I mean, they've knocked walls down. And it was actually from there that we actually built one of our one of our companies, which was the construction company. Uh, and that was from from there, just going up there and fixing the house. So obviously, the positives come from from that. And a lot of landlords would just be like, oh, "I want to sell the place," but never sell an investment property. That's one little tip. Now, something as well before before we uh, move on, I want I want you to think about something because i asked a question about how you deal with failure and there was one particular time uh you recall about receiving a letter wasn't that uh, yes yeah. so um obviously my parents being scottish they were, they were quite quite religious in the way that they they, they did things so my parents were the last people to know that i was obviously going through a divorce and obviously, it's a it's a tough time. Obviously, I obviously we had touched on a few different things. I had I, said that, um, yeah, my wife actually the day she was leaving, I I obviously came to that to that awareness of her leaving. I was basically crying. I was having a little cry to myself, and my ex wife walked in the house at this point, and I didn't know how to control myself. So she saw me tearing up. And it was obviously very tough, but I've actually realized that being in touch with our feminine side is something that yeah. I really have been more in touch with. And obviously I'm a big masculine paratrooper, ex-paratrooper, and I'm sat here saying about feminine energy. So uh, a lot of people might take that the wrong way. So I might explain a bit about feminine energy. Yeah. So obviously the feminine energy and obviously practicing the energy, it, 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 it it may be a bit wrong. So obviously women don't like it when men are in their wounded feminine energy. Uh, and it's totally different when a male in his, in his, in his, his divine femininity. So yeah. that is, when, uh, the man is obviously, he's, he's, he's there and he's being attractive and he's fully present and being vulnerable at that point, instead of being manipulating, and wounded feminine energy, which is the, the bad side, which is kind yeah. of the thing. So I promote divine femininity, and there's nothing wrong with it. And being in touch with your feminine side, I, I see it with one of the guys he hasn't seen his kids for over a year. And sometimes he obviously gets quite teary. And yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's a parach parachute regiment soldier as well, ex-parachute regiment. Uh, we've got this bond and with this brotherhood. And I, and I just said, mate, it's okay to cry, brother. You know, it, it's... As a man, yeah. I could see him holding it in and welling it in. Yeah. And yeah. obviously, for me, it's just being in touch with that feminine, the divine femininity, which yeah. it's obviously open heart, able to talk about your feelings. And it's just a deep, deep level of, you know, unconditional love. And yeah. it's where the kindness for the man comes in. And for me, obviously... I'd went through that process with my dad and my mom. And as I said, they were the last people to know about my, my divorce. 
they didn't realize that I'd spent quite a lot of money on myself trying to develop, trying to enhance that relationship. So it was probably two or three weeks before she'd left and my parents were absolutely horrified. And they said, because my dad was the one that was preaching to us at the at the event and he, yeah. he under my dead body, I was there witnessing your marriage. And um, for me, he's like, I'm not going to let that happen. And I said, I, like, I'm on my own journey here and I need to do my own journey. And my, my parents were actually horrified. And straight away, they, they, they reverted to the negative. And it's very easy to revert to the negative. Mm, yeah. and, I, and since I'd obviously been on this journey of growth, and I'm very fortunate that my wife, ex-wife and I, we get on so well. I see my kids. And again, it's just being present. Uh, I try and, um, you know, sometimes it's hard to be there. So I always say there's two wolves. There's the good wolf and the bad wolf, and which one thrives is the one you feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for me, that was obviously the hardest part. And um, I've I choose every day to feed the good wolf, although it's very easy to revert to the bad one, to yeah. belittle them, to call them names, to horrible kind of then, and it's easier to be that. But I choose every day to be the positive and. Even sometimes I find it hard and I bite my lip or uh, I just, I go, okay. And I, I take that prominent breath and I, I, I analyze the situation, which I'm very grateful for. So obviously moving on in a few years, I'd received this letter from my parents and on the letter, it was just basically how I've dealt with the situation. I haven't fought for my marriage and the disappointment for my parents' side saying how, um, disappointed and they, they, they didn't raise me to be like this. And to be honest, I didn't even read the second page because right. when someone, my parents are obviously quite Christian and they're spiritual. Um, obviously I'm, I've got my own beliefs and I have, I believe there's a higher power of such. And for me, my parents, obviously they, they have that Christian mindset and they were in that Christian frame. So he wrote this letter being in that frame. So all that toxicity was coming out and it was something I wouldn't write to my own son. Right. I just said to my dad, I said, I appreciate your letter, but I stood up for myself, which I had never done to my dad. And I said, firstly, I'm on my own journey and I'm going to continue being on my journey because there's a lot of women and men that don't see their kids. So there's yeah. a lot of things I'm grateful for. Um, and yeah, it, 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 for me, it obviously affected me quite bad that that he was saying that. I actually got someone else to read the second half of the letter and they said it wasn't, it wasn't worth reading. Um, and I appreciate it. But I've obviously been on my own journey of higher power and realizing that there's a higher power. Um, and, and again, as, as I said earlier, it's learning to embrace both darkness and light. Yeah. Uh, as I said earlier, it's it's not the light that we get enlightened. So it's the darkness you find your strength. Yeah. It, it's where you get your resilience, your courage. It's where you build your whole character as a as a person. So never be afraid of going into the dark because of the strongest version of you is born. And exactly. And if everything was great and honky dory and life was just a dream, there'd be no contrast, would there? And you no. wouldn't know you wouldn't know the difference between 
success and failure are, are dark and light and and pain and 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 salvation and and it's interesting because we talked about fail first attempt in learning is what i think it is and you told me something else you you put your slant on it just share yours because i i think it's quite good and i'm going to nick it actually well, it's uh, fearlessly, I've just added a bit onto it, but it is exactly what it is. It's fearlessly advancing and learning until realizing excellence. So on failure, there's so many people. Obviously, I've I've seen failure. I've been part of failure because you're going to fail more than you succeed in life, and it's how you deal with it. And as Thomas and Edison said, I've, fa- I've, I've not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways. For it not to for 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 it to work, yeah. For it work, sorry. Uh, so obviously failure is part of our journey, and obviously being in the parachute regiment, I've seen the failure, blokes going and failing, and and not maybe due to mindset and stuff, and then obviously coming through as a parachute regiment soldier, you think that you can't fail. So yeah. it's obviously bred in you, and it's taught that you're the best, and and again. Sometimes when you go into Civvy Street with that mindset, you you do come a, a, a cropper. So sometimes <laughs> seeing failure is harder than obviously going through it. But I, I believe dealing with failure is a common challenge and, and everyone has their own way of approaching it. So um, as I said, failure is part of every journey and I've just looked at it very differently. I see it as an opportunity to learn and grow take a step back, analyze everything. And obviously every, every place where I've basically failed, I've looked back and I've then succeeded in, uh, on it. And it's also just that pursuit of carrying on. Yeah. And it gives you, it gives you a stepping stone. Like for instance, it was interesting about the, the feeding the wolf, the bad wolf or the good wolf. Cause it is, it can be quite easy to feed the bad wolf, like say negative things about a person or, or, or not be nice. And and my my mum used to say to me, if you've not got anything good to say, do not say anything. Don't say that- it at all. But it, it is and it's and for people it's very easy to go down that wrong road of negativity. Um and obviously sometimes failing is how you fail. So failing forward is also very important. Yeah. So learn to fail forward because when we learn to fail forward, it's a inevitable part of our journey. And a lot of people just they give up at the first stance. Yeah, because it's a lot easier to do that as well. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I mean, I'd see it as 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 failures are. A, I wouldn't see it as a failure as, as a personal as a as a personal worth, but rather like a stepping stone towards improvement. Yeah, um, it's just a, a temporary setback in the road. I say along the way. You've had people you've looked up to that have helped you, uh, and you've grown your network. And and now that you're out out of the military, which by the way you've done so much already, and you've not been out of the military that long, how important do you think your network in the military was? Which effectively is what we we know as the buddy buddy system. And now, how are you bringing that forward and paying it forward to developing your network on Civvy Street? As I said, I was always um, I was always Mr. Popular in the army. Everyone would see me in the in the corridors. Hello, Tony Blair, mate. You're all right. So it was always <laughs> that that brotherhood that 
um I, I suppose when I left as well no one no one uh, no one basically sees that or that I, I only keep in contact with a few people but I've been fortunate that I've surrounded myself with great mentors yeah. and and obviously people that are driven on the same path because on our journey of growth you leave a lot of people behind and obviously I was saying that to my parents as well I said I'm willing to leave you guys behind if if obviously by sending that letters and obviously you 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 get the 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 opportunities and the knowledge and the insight from people obviously yeah. is so so great and surrounding yourself with great people and aligning yourself with people that are on the same mission and just to give back as much as you can is always great yeah and that's very interesting actually because because when i'm working with clients whether they be business executives or veterans and and i know we're going to do a lot of work together because we're going to talk about that in a minute what sometimes i say to the guys listen right who's good who's a good influence on your life and who's not so good because you have to say goodbye to some people because you will be as successful as your closest five people whether that's be successful financially or or health or or mindset because not everyone sees success as money monetary but they see success in other ways does that make sense yeah yeah thank you thank you for your support by the way i do appreciate it and and obviously i've also i say you surround yourself with the the, the five people the top five people and you become them so yeah. if you talk about chocolate ice cream all day every day and how to sell chocolate ice cream you'll be the sixth person yeah. and again if you surround yourself with millionaires you'll be the sixth one and again it's very important with this that you look at yourself and analyze yourself because as as that person as one of them five people your own mindset is very important definitely so, your own self should be part of them people that you hang around with. Learn to love yourself. Learn to um, be yourself and just love and appreciate who you are. Yeah, and, that, and that's not, like, when you say that, I, like, year, years ago, if if you'd have said that and you'd been a roughy-tuffy parachute regiment, me roughy-tuffy engineers and, and, you know, we both had our specialisms, if, if when you say learn to love yourself, you'd be like, "What are you talking about, mate?" But, but looking at the actual message behind that, you've got to be at peace with yourself, haven't you? And recognise your strengths, your weaknesses, the opportunities and threats that that it offers to you. And and, and that's it. And obviously, people, obviously, we get lost. So I've got another saying. Uh, it was from a book. It was uh, The book was called The Horse, The Boy, The Fox and The Mole. Ah, right, yeah. It's 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 one of my favourite quotes out of the whole book. It's, it's where the, the boy and the horse are in the woods. Yeah. And the boy says to the horse, I can't see a way through. And uh, the horse says, can you see your next step? Yeah. Well, then take your next step. And all the time we look at, at the goal and, and the future and we look at the end game and, and how long the journey is. And, and of course, we get overwhelmed by that. And mm. instead, just just write, um, you know, it's nothing to worry about. We take the next step and get closer to the end goal. So you don't have to worry about how far it is and all you need to focus on the right now on the next step. That's a great, that's a great tip, that actually... The journey you're on now with your co-founders, 
Tell me a little bit about that. So um, obviously I mentioned before how I've started one of the companies, which is the construction company. And obviously me leaving the military, not knowing what I was going to do. I became an electrician, aircon engineer, building. So I'm now doing all those things, yep. utilizing them in my own skill set. So I always promote, try and do your own things. And again, it always comes down to wanting to quit. And it's very easy to quit. And again, it's just having that. So I've been fortunate. I've surrounded myself with great people, great people that are aligned. So my business partner, Chris, uh, we we obviously found each other in the military. He was going through a bad time. I was obviously going through my bad time. I was on my road to um, learning about myself. I would pass these messages on to him. So we've both picked each other up when we needed it. But as we, we've started our new adventure, which is the Armed Forces Business Centre, it's going to be the first one in Colchester, uh, where we're looking at giving back, we're coming back between charity and business. If, if obviously, as mentioned before, the current climate for veterans leaving isn't that great. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to offer circles of of wealth or health or whatever we want, and obviously financial advice that you're giving and obviously people can come in and depending on where they want to go on 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 different circumstances is where they end up so there'll be uh business mentors everyone just giving back to veterans and we've obviously it's a great journey that we've been on um obviously a lot of failures a lot of learning in that yeah. journey uh, and obviously I'm not I'm not set, yeah, proclaiming everything's great. I mean, all I've done in my life is just acknowledge my small wins. Um, I mean, at no point I'm saying I'm the richest man. And I believe money comes with uh with time. If if you are doing good and you know, giving back to people, that's just a byproduct. And and I know that money's not the be all and end all for you because it's about the the, the successful journey and how this Armed Forces Business Centre is going to help. And we're going to explore the other aspects of it as well. The, the fact is, though, uh, money is a silent applause for a job well done. Money is a silent applause for a job well done. Oh, I like that saying. Thank you. Um, uh, again, for me, money doesn't make you happy. Uh, no. It buys you time and your freedom to buy your own hobbies. Yeah. And that's the, the the best thing. But for me, when you give back, uh, it, it it does come back without worry. Um, obviously, for me, along my way, it's just acknowledging your accomplishments and your steps, even how small they are. And, and it's obviously, it's a strong sense of purpose. For me, I look at my why daily, because if yeah. your why is not strong enough, it's easy to quit. And, and obviously, it's just... I've always I've always given back. So, as I said, uh, the tuck shop and on 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 the army thing, and you know, my experiences has also taught me the importance of resilience and adaptability, especially being in the in the in the in the military. And obviously, it it, it brings gratitude to our latest project, which is as I mentioned, the Armed Forces Business Centre, and it's yeah. just. A testament to our mission on not only achieving success but also making a meaningful impact. And, and that's great, thank you. And so many people get bothered and 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 concentrate on how we're going to do this, how we're going to do that, and they all get 
from from what I've experienced, they all get stuck in the how, you know, all the detail. Whereas you touched on it, and, and I regularly say it, when your why is big enough, the how will come, because you just got to focus on your why. And and, I, and what's disappointing for me is one of the reasons I started my journey, which you know about, in 2000, uh, well, shortly after my incident in 1999, so 2000, it wasn't that great coming out of the military then. And I'm still, it's still not that great. And I'm just thinking, when are they going to learn? So that's why what you're doing now uh, is fantastic, because you've also got the two chevrons as well going with yeah, that. So Tell me about that. Yeah, obviously, we've partnered up with another CIC, which is two chevrons. And we've obviously come together with aligning ourselves again. It's just hanging around with them people that are aligned and where we're going. And obviously, two chevrons, obviously, we're going to be um offering grants so for obviously uh, the, the the grants can go for funds um that can support organizations individuals and programs where you know if you want to do public speaking or or life coaching or those kind of things which currently the level three qualification that you get from the army it has to be a level three qualification but it's not actually level three qualification because yeah, yeah. Well, the, the the work that you're doing in putting it in, I mean, they tick all the boxes for it, but you don't actually have the real life experience for it. Mm. So um, we're obviously going to be, you, you'll get a stamp of approval. Businesses can basically sign up and get the bronze package, silver package or gold package. And and again, it'll it'll just be a seal of approval, basically. That is a veteran-owned company that are supporting veterans, and obviously, we're going to look at how they're employing veterans. Are they financially secure to be employing veterans? And looking, it's it's just a big collaboration that we've just come together, and it's just fully just giving back to people. So when people sign on to these, they they'll get half their money back when with the with the grants that they get for the people or their their employees. So it's a it's a great kind of thing, and it's a combination between mentoring and obviously we're obviously supporting blue light services as well. Um, so that obviously the fire and police they get out and they're kind of lost with things, especially firefighters. We've currently yeah. got a firefighter working for us. And they've also seen some horrendous things, cutting babies out of cars and, yeah. and and so on. And especially the younger generation compared to the newer generation. So they, they did that evacuation up in, in Herrick. And some of them saw some horrendous things. Yeah. And they, they don't see themselves worthy. Yeah. So they, they they talk about it and say I didn't I didn't do a herrick I'm not so they they're not blaming they're not going into that zone of you know of acknowledging that they've seen some horrendous things yeah. and maybe they were only there for a short period but they have seen a lot of things and, and also you get the you get the guilt complex as well don't you when you know if if your if your buddy your oppo has been killed or got injured in the IED and maybe you weren't there or you were maybe a little bit further away and you didn't get hurt and you think, why wasn't it me? Yeah, yeah. And uh, that that's usually what the thing that gets people going. So that's the thing that gets you is is the regret of how you should have been or what you should have done to yeah. save people. 
Uh, and for me, I've obviously been through that. I'm fortunate. Sometimes I've actually just forgotten everything about the military. Someone will say, where have you been on ops? And I'll be like, oh, I can't. Yeah. I've just gone. It's obviously that subconscious mind, conscious mind. And I've obviously decided to let that go, which I'm very grateful for. And that's a whole process, and that's one of the things that we're going to be doing as well. And, and, and I mean, I thank you for your support as well, how you're helping guys. So how can what's, – what's the big thing now with the launch, and how can people get in touch with you? So uh, we've got our launch coming up, 1st of March. I believe you're coming uh, along as well. I am, certainly. Thank you for your support. So, again, that's going to be in Colchester. Uh, 6, 6, 6 p.m. till 10 p.m. We're going to have drinks there. We're going to have uh, VIP people turning up. We've got uh, a couple of millionaires. Again, it's surrounding yourself with those people. Yeah. Uh, and we've got the I, I don't know if I should say it on here, but we've got we've got some very important people. Coming. Yeah. Don't don't say no sensitive operational information. Just no, no. just just keep it as a surprise. But yeah. So uh, again. Genesis Group Global, Global. anyone can find us on there, or we'll soon have the Armed Forces Business Center webpage up and running. And again, two chevrons are up and running. Uh, it's got its own website as well. And again, it's just obviously what we're trying to promote is, is how to start a business, how to get logos, how to, you know, the, yeah. a lot of people don't know even how to pay council tax. No, I so know. all this is all very new. So we've obviously opened six businesses. We're running six businesses and everything just comes into one now. And it's the main goal of everything is trying to figure out what went wrong with everything. For us, charities have gone uh, a long way off path. Yeah. So we, we're just trying to bring that back on again and supporting who we believe needs yeah. it. And, and your co-directors, like you've got uh, Chris Alley, and so, then Robin Lockwood with the social media. And then you've got Josh, haven't you? Yeah, Josh. Yeah, Josh is, uh, yeah, he's a great partner. So he's obviously a business mentor as well. Yeah. Uh, he goes and and takes people up from, you know, Joe Blogs up to CEO roles. Yeah. Uh, it's just having that knowledge. I mean, I also ran a T-shirt business and it's still running currently. So when I was in the army, I was on tour uh, I, I developed a t-shirt company and I have someone printing it and uh, it, it, it just works. You know, I, what I've done is it was called Hooligan Apparel and all I took was a, a motorbike and I put on a t-shirt and I stuck Hooligan Apparel underneath. And I was to the point, I mean, people were loving it. Like, I mean, taking things, I, mean, I taught myself how to use that. I, yeah, I taught yeah. myself how to use Photoshop and, but it's all been my learning curves and, and, and my process. And that's a wealth of information. Well, listen, thank you so much for inviting me to your opening. I know we're, we're going to be having speaker events as well and all sorts of stuff where the guys can just get loads of information. Yeah, definitely. And again, it's just surrounding yourself with those kind of people uh, that are, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that we're going places, but it is just surrounding yourself and getting the knowledge. Um, 8th, 8th to the 10th of March is uh, another weekender. So we're having yeah. a weekend. Uh, loads of good speakers coming there. And again, uh, we're just trying to get uh, the seats filled up, which they're filling up quite quick. Yeah, and, and, and I know you've invited me to, to speak there as well, which is fabulous and I'm honoured. So, last thing, the Colombo question, which I always love 
directed at, at people, veterans, is what's the one top tip that you would give to some, a guy getting out of the army or a veteran who's out of the army who is either successful or maybe not doing all that well? So for me, there's a 1% luck, 1% knowledge, and 98% just, you know, cracking on. I think the biggest mistake people or people make right now, no matter what the situation are, is is to give up. Yeah, You might not reach the best best version of yourself in this lifetime, but a better one you are right now. So just keep going on. And when you hit them dark days, we realize we are born in the dark and that's where we grow. Fantastic. And building on that, how transferable do you think the skills are from the military to Civvy Street and how valuable? I mean, there's so many things. There's teamwork. For me, I've obviously been on building sites. I've been places and I've seen the military guys are such a, a high standard compared to normal people. And it's having that leadership. And for me, it's it's believing in yourself again. So military people don't know their worth. And all, I'm, all I want to say is know your worth, brothers and sisters, because we are on another level when we leave the military. Thank you. Brendan Blair, a.k.a. Tony, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much. I'll just leave you with one one more little top tip. Please. The quality of your life is determined by how much you're willing to bet on yourself, regardless of what anybody else is thinking of you. So just go for it, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time today. Cheers.